uh, Coach Ponzi is a certified speaker trainer and coach of the John Maxwell team also. Of course, a neuro-linguistic programming no? and NLP practitioner and cognitive behavioral technique practitioner also. He's a life, life coach, entrepreneur, and content creator and is based in Davao City. So, so without any further ado, let, me, let us welcome... Our first speaker for today is Coach Ponzi. Hello. Tama ba ang pronunciation ko, Coach? Yes, tama. <laughs> okay. Tama. So, uh, go ahead and uh, welcome to Business Leadership Roundtable, Coach. All right. Thank you so much for the very warm uh, introduction. No? As mentioned, my name is Ponzi Marquez and I'm a coach. Um, I have a consulting and coaching company based in Davao City called Activate Leadership and also create content online. Um, so good afternoon, everyone. I'm very pleased to be able to connect with each of you. And for those who are watching um, on Facebook or wherever it is you are, it's really my pleasure to be able to share with you what I've learned about leadership. So I share with you the concern and the drive and the initiative for a better version of our leadership. And I'm grateful that we have opportunities like this, this roundtable. And um, growing up, I wish I had platforms like this to be able to look at real-life situations and learn valuable lessons from them. Um, I, I, parang one of our listeners kanina parang nakita niya lang sa Facebook feed niya tapos na-click niya. I wish that it was that easy uh, growing up for me. I was blessed to have the opportunity to receive and pursue training and certification in self-development and leadership. Actually, hindi, wala talaga siya sa plan ko. My design or my, my map of my life uh, maybe around five years ago was completely different to where I am now. But then again, when God wants you to do something, He wants you to do something. So before I became a John Maxwell team coach, trainer and speaker, I had spent more than about the most part of my 20s, about 10 years in advertising and marketing, not just in Davao, not just in Cagayandoro, uh, but also in Metro Manila. After spending two years in consultancy work dito sa Davao City, I was blessed to have the opportunity to join the John Maxwell team for free. So I was given that parang scholarship kumbaga, because someone believed in my capability. And then began my slow shift towards consultancy, towards coaching. So after joining the team, I was focused on expanding my knowledge and expertise in complementary coaching styles. Kasi marami talagang coaching styles available. Almost as much coaching styles are available. Um, parang, para siyang every time, parang siyang exponential din with the amount of coaches that are being born no, year after year and with the amount and the availability of all these you know, online courses and certifications that anybody with the heart can be a coach every, and anybody can develop their skill. After joining the team, I was focused on expanding my knowledge and that's when I joined NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming, Cognitive Behavioral Theory, even Relationship Coaching, <laughs> which is something that I do now. Uh, I work with a California-based company whose focus is relationship coaching. So one of the challenges of Mindanao is that just the lack of institutions that provide training, resources, and coaching in the level that the John Maxwell team can provide. 
So wala masyado. Usually, what we get are offshoots or remote certifications or programs or seminars coming from Manila. And I completed also my first parang self-development course in Metro Manila when I took up OCCI. I think RC is familiar with this. OCCI was um, instrumental in my journey then to be, you know, to fall in love with self-development. So um, enough about that, no? Um, so I'm here to talk to you about why leaders need to be centered on the idea of self-awareness and being able to define their realities. So let's talk about John Maxwell's book on leadership goals. So if you've read it, you, you'd know that he talks about the importance of the leader's responsibility to define reality. So define reality. For you, what is reality? Ba? If you, have you ever asked yourself, what is reality? What comprises it? And how do you know that the interpretation of the events that you have you know, is the reality of the situation? I mentioned earlier that I, I'm a coach and part of a coach's responsibility is to be able to draw out reality from clients. This process is very important in the coaching relationship. In John Maxwell's method of coaching, and so with other coaching methods that I've trained in the past, the coaching session is heavily comprised of drawing out the reality of the situation. And I can't tell you, you know, the number of times where Uh, the reality for the client is one thing and the truth is often something else completely. So what is reality in simple terms? Reality is the lay of the land. Reality is the lay of the land. It is how you understand a situation, pure and simple. So reality in its root Uh, in its root word, if you Google reality, you know, it comes from la- the Latin word realis, meaning relating to things. Relating to things. Not the truth of things, but relating to things. So most often than not, our reality is often a function of what? A function of our consciousness. Consciousness. What is, what is consciousness? How we perceive our world. And there's also some uh, consciousness, there's always, and there's also the subconscious. Now, the consciousness, it is how we as human beings in our powerful and unique capability to interpret a situation. It is quite simply how we read the room related to things. So what are these things uh, that, we re- uh, that we relate reality to? So um, I'll just tell you a story. Just last week, I had to go out and purchase a gallons of water for our house. Ano yung gallon para sa atin cold dispenser? I like to do that because um, it's one of the activities that I get to go out of the house. Kasi yung quarantine, work from home, and all my clients are, uh, usually I just take them at home. So madalas na nakaupo lang ako sa aking desk and whatever opportunity I can to go out and drive around and be able to, you know, uh, interact with other people potentially uh, with proper social distancing, um, I'll take it. So I like to do my water runs. That's what I do. And I found myself in a situation that um, no driver ever wants to be in. The car would not start. Nandun ako... I was about to go home. I loaded the water gallons. I twisted the ignition. The car would make the sound, pero hindi siya mag-spark. There, walang spark. Walang spark. 
I was dumbfounded. So in my head, I parang I began to calculate and try to ascertain what went what went wrong. Chinek ko yung dashboard, inopen ko yung uh, inopen ko yung parang yung hood. Tapos tingnan tingnan ko yung mga battery kung nagliliq ba, tingnan ko yung engine kung nagoverheat ba. I did everything that I normally could, and and to think na wala kung alam about cars. <laughs> I was just going through the motions. Alam mo yun, parang, what if, no? I, what if I find something? So I start calling my friends to uh, to be able to, you know, send a mechanic maybe my way. And then there was this one good Samaritan who came. And then he, parang he talked to me a little bit. Tapos he asked me to start the car. Tapos to check what was wrong. Ganun. And he, he told me na parang, ah, ano yan, yung battery yan? baka na discharge. Ah, ganun ba? So ganun ako. So nag-YouTube YouTube din ako. Sabi ko, ah, hindi man sa battery kasi oh, tira mo mag-on yung ilaw, mag-on yung radyo, hindi sa battery. So ah, basta battery kung kung ano lang, kung if you kung may kilala ka, ask if baka dala siya ng jumper cables tapos um i-start natin. Wala kang jumper cables, 'di ba? Sabi ko, ah, wala, wala kang jumper cables. So after an hour of waiting, my friend pulled up and we opened the hood and after seeing my friend arrive yung good samaritan came back uh, hooked up the battery hooked up to the, my friend's car start uh, yung parang ginawa niya yung parang i-charge so i flipped the ignition and boom the car started and then i was able to head home with my gallons of water so relatively a very tame story no it's not it's not it's not a very inspiring story kumbaga but i i sat at home and started to think about things so number one is what i learned about the situation is number one you can't fake yourself out of a crisis you can't so you can't fake yourself out of a crisis so no amount I figured out that no amount of posturing, no amount of self-confidence, no amount of positive attitude, no amount of mantra, no amount of whatever it is, no amount of tattoos and self, uh, self-approval self and stuff like that would ever replace competence, would ever replace responsibility, would ever replace commitment, especially in a time of crisis. So a leader's role expands based on the needs of the people. And if your leadership strains the ability of for your team to perform, then you're not leading, you're destroying. So in times of crisis, it's easy for leaders and managers to put their heads down and grit their teeth and just plow through. But sometimes that's just not going to cut it. No? A sheer force of will sometimes is not enough. And the faster you are able to see the situation for what it is, the faster you're able to realize that sometimes the best solution doesn't come from me. Doesn't come from you. You say I was playing hero mode during that time. Parang my my short time of alam mo parang short time of flipping through YouTube and some articles gave me an ego boost enough to say I know what's wrong with my community. I know what's wrong with my car. How much do we do that in our organizations? Right. So according to John Maxwell, there are six rules for successful leadership. I'll just go through them very quickly, and I'll also paste them in the chat so that you can see. Um, according to John Maxwell, um, con- you need to, co- number one, control your destiny or someone else will. Number two, face reality as it is, not as it was 
or as you wish it were. Number three, be candid with everyone. Number four, don't manage, lead. Number five, change before you have to. And number six, if you don't have a competitive advantage, don't compete. So how many times do we project our own fear and ego in the guise of fake competence? So yun 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 fake competence. I was just posturing kasi lalaki ako. Toxic masculinity, kailangan ko, alam ko what's wrong with my car, blah, blah, blah. Pero I was too ashamed not to, to admit that I, did, I didn't know what was wrong. At the time, I had to confront my own leadership. What did, I, what did I know and not know about the situation? And how would I manage the situation to be able to solve this issue in the most responsible way? Right? Okay, number two. It pays to be prepared for anything. It pays to be prepared for anything. One of the things that the Good Samaritan asked me, if you were listening, if uh, he asked me if I had jumper cables. I said no, right? This kind of threw me off because my initial thought was, was parang, no, I, I, I never thought that I would need it. I never really had problems with my car. And so I never really thought that this issue would happen to me. It could happen to someone else, but not me. Immune ako dito. So in any time of crisis, we always ask ourselves whether or not we are in the position or we are in the possession of tools rather that we need to be able to solve an issue. Do we have the right tools? And as leaders, it is much better to be prepared, grounded in a sense of responsibility and humility rather than project a false sense of security. Okay lang yan, guys. We will push through it. Okay lang yung numbers natin. Kaya natin to. How many times have we said that won't apply to us, that won't happen to me? My failure here was the feedback I got from not having the tools I had because of my lack of awareness and partially because of my lack of responsibility. That my focus was somewhere else rather than making sure I took the time and to be responsible and be prepared, I became complacent. So in times of crisis ba, do you have jumper cables? Or are you always an optimist? So um, there is a quote here by Peter Drucker, who was a, Peter Drucker, who is the father of modern management. He said this about denying reality. He said, a time of turbulence is a dangerous time, but its, its greatest danger is a temptation to deny reality. Okay lang yan. Kaya natin to. Trust lang, trust. So how are you able to make reality checks? No, these are questions to ask to help you define reality. Number one, what is the reality in this situation? And this is the important part, my follow-up question. Eh. What is the reality of the situation? And do others agree with my assessment? Self-confrontation and then confirmation. Can I identify each issue and can I break down reality to better understand it? Can the issues be fixed? And what are our options? Right. 
Number three, you can't do it alone. In times of crisis, you should not do it alone. And if you are, that alone in itself is a crisis. When I was in high school, I played a lot of basketball. Hindi obvious kasi medyo, no. <laughs> but I could, that's a story for another time. But I could, before I could shoot some and maybe score some points for the team. I was a five, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly short, no? five, six, five, seven ako. But I was the center of our basketball team in high school. <laughs> I would almost significant, uh, I would always uh, reduce myself in just focusing on my athletics and just being able to, despite my height, I was able to reach the basketball ring or rebounds and stuff like that. But I was not satisfied because parang part of the feedback I got from my from my peers was that, ano ako, um, kabado. You know what that is? Kabado. Tagalog ba yun? ka ba? Yung parang yung ginakabo ka? So, sa practice ang galing-galing mo, pero kung, kung game time na, hindi lumalabas yung laro mo. So, in a sense, in, in terms of talent, may talent ako, but I needed to learn more. I needed to be experienced more. Baga. I wanted to add more things to my arsenal to make me more of an asset to the team because I couldn't just rely on my jumping power. I wanted to learn more about defense. I wanted to set up the offense and boring basketball terms like that. No? There were... Because I found out there's definitely more to basketball than just shooting and playing defense. So one summer, my mom decided to take our summer break in our relative's house in Zamboanga City. So um, before uh, being our favorite vacation spot growing up, I had no problems with it. Uh, and I knew that that place had a half-court basketball hoop. So okay lang. So I decided that I would spend my time there improving my game. So yun yung ginawa ko. I just spent my entire summer, or yun yung plan ko for the entire summer to just focus on my shooting. So yung ginagawa ko dati was just um, day in and day out, wake up early in the morning, shoot, kain breakfast, balik sa basketball court, tapos shoot. Tapos after lunch, uh, balik na naman sa basketball shoot. Tapos mga 6 p.m., 7 p.m., papasok na ako sa bahay. Tapos munulad kami ng PBA. So after a few days, no, a few weeks, siguro a week, a, a week and a half about that, um, about that time, my uncle approached me. My uncle was a government worker assigned to uh, this, uh, the sports complex. And he asked me if I wanted to join a, parang a basketball league or parang, alam mo, liga. Parang local na liga. Parang barangay level liga. Parang I said, why not? Sige, sali ako. So fast forward to yung first practice namin with the team. We held practice in this open court at 1 p.m. in the afternoon in the blistering heat. And we had to do runs and reels under the hot sun. And I was absolutely spent. Uh, one morning we had to wake up mga 4.30. Tapos we ran about 15 kilometers. And afterwards, most of us were already ano, vomiting our breakfast. So one time, one time, so the training was really tough. The training was really tough. But one time during our um, many practices, like for free free throws. And then one time, one of our teammates just decided to parang pabibo siya, pabibo sa bigla. 
And he started high-fiving everyone. High-five! Nakashoot ka ng free throw, kaya high-five! Na-miss mo yung free throw, okay lang, high-five! So parang eventually, it was just our way of masking the pain of the training. Kasi nakapagod talaga. Ano, may parang high-five, encourage na lang each other, bring each other up. Hanggang naging part na siya ng aming routine. Every time we would grab a rebound, ah, grabe kasaya. Every time we would score a point, grabe kasaya. We would lift each other up. No? So, eventually, nag-carry off yung camaraderie and yung kaloko after, no, after, ng, uh, after ng practice outside of the court. So, remember those times na parang I mentioned that I would wake up early in the morning, shoot hoops. So, this time, may kasama na ako. So, I would invite them. So, yung ginagawa namin every morning, shoot kami ng ano, uwi sila ng lunch or mag-lunch kami sa bahay. Tapos, afterwards, mag-three on three kami. Tapos, yun yung ginagawa namin. Uh, day in and day out kung walang practice. And, and you know what happened? When we started to play actual games now, we would go on and win every game in that tournament. And for the first time since I started playing basketball, for the first time, we became champions. First time ko, being champion. I will never forget that time. I will never forget that time. And when I returned to my hometown, in Cagayan de Oro City, where I'm from, and back to my basketball team, surprised sila masyado. Uh, despite no, na parang they saw that my skin got significantly darker because we were practicing 1 p.m. in the afternoon. But everything else about my game improved. My athletic ability, my shooting, game sense ko. Even my stamina was really up, up there. So yung teammates ko and my coach were really surprised to see the changes. And I was really pleased about it. Okay. Ah. So what was the difference maker for me no? in terms of my progress? Sure. Parang you could say na I could have gone the route of sticking with my own routine and focusing on my own growth and by myself, you know, self-learning and all that. But would have I gotten far? Maybe. But would I have pushed myself to the point of exhaustion? Know, extending my limits and breaking them on my own? I don't think so. Uh, I think I would have gotten some improvements, but not the same improvements I have apparently gotten with the team. So what I learned from that part is that, and I carried this over uh, to everything else that I did, that the whole was always greater than the sum of its parts. And individually, we can be competent, but only together only together that you can be champions. Individually, we were competent, but together, we were champions. So I leave you with these points to ponder. Uh, just, uh, just these very simple points uh, that really helped me um, realize very important things about leadership. When you don't know where to go, You know, when you don't know where to go, create a vision. That's what leadership is for. But when you don't know how to get there, you need to create the path. And that's what your team is for. When you don't know what the best path is towards success, create a plan. That's what your brains are for. And when you don't know how to keep going in times of crisis, create a support system. That is what your heart is for.
So God bless. And thank you for listening, everyone. That's all.